Hey everyone, as with all of my reviews, let me just start by saying that any future flicks movie review is always spoiler free. So listen on without fear. A little known movie came out last week and normally I wouldn't bother doing a review since I wasn't able to record or write one the very same weekend. But sometimes, just sometimes, a movie is either so good or so bad that I feel the need to do that. This is one of those movies. So here's my review of the movie and the book for A Monster Calls. A Monster Calls is based on a book by Patrick Ness, and I read that book. Normally when I do book and movie reviews, I separate the two for obvious reasons. Movies tend to have a problem following the book even when the author themselves are involved in the writing of the script. There can still be problems. The Lost World, the sequel to Jurassic Park, was nothing like the book at all. And for that matter, Jurassic Park had a lot of differences with its movie as well. The Harry Potter series, though they kept the main story, took out quite a bit. I forgot if Rowling penned those scripts, but um, that's an example of differences there. And sometimes this is due to a lack of time. A book can have a lot more in it because it doesn't have a two-hour time limit, but movies do. In the case of A Monster Calls, Ness wrote both the book and the screenplay and kept them almost identical. So that's why I'm melding the two reviews. So here we go. You should know the premise because you listen to this podcast. But in case you forgot, here it is. A boy is dealing with his mother's declining health when a monster comes to visit him. The monster wants one thing, and it's the one thing the boy can't do. Tell the truth about his fears. So let's talk about the story. This is a kid's book, which blows my mind. This is a heavy story for an adult, let alone a kid. A child has to basically care for himself while his mother undergoes chemotherapy, and it's more than just, here, let me comfort you, for the monster. He has a mission, but he keeps his cards close to his chest. This isn't a simple coming-of-age story, not at all. This is a story that's applicable to anyone of any age, so I do hesitate to actually call it a kid's book and movie. I think the innocence of Connor, who's played by Lewis McDougall, was needed for this story. The story needed a child main character who didn't have a lot of life experience so he wouldn't know how to handle a lot of what's going on or what's being thrown at him. That's where the drama came from. Even if, even if you're an adult and you've never experienced anything like this, you still at least have a better understanding on how to manage your feelings and how to put words to them and if what you're feeling is even right. This is a dark story and i was prepared to cry when reading the book no matter how it ended live or die for the mother it didn't matter the journey was going to be emotional and the climax was going to be emotional no matter what side it turned out in favor of so going into this you need to remember that so before you watch this movie you should ask yourself do you feel like happy or sad tears today because one of those two things are going to happen during this movie because this is really about the journey. This story is about the journey of self-discovery for Connor and dealing with everything that's going on. So let's go on to talk about the acting slash writing. And um, so this is kind of where I'm going to diverge a little bit on the book and the movie. Let's just talk about the writing briefly. This was a really well-written book. 
it is a kid's book and you have to keep that in mind so there's no real challenging words i don't even think i was even semi caught up once i just sped right through this was actually one of the quickest reads in a long time not because not just because it was short but because it was easy to read and that's not really a bad thing there's nothing wrong with reading an easy to read book there is nothing wrong with reading a kid's book if you want to read you read that is what's important just because you're an adult doesn't mean you have to suddenly start reading that horrible literature. You don't. Patrick Ness used childlike vocabulary to paint a fantastic picture. I saw where this was taking place. I saw the monster. I saw Connor, his mother, his grandmother. I felt what he was going through. It was all very effective. But let's move on to the acting. And let me say that Lewis McDougall, Sigourney Weaver, Felicity Jones, those are the only three actors who matter anymore. Everyone else can go home. Thank you for playing. You did a great job. These three will take over now. Sigourney Weaver and Felicity Jones were probably picked because they were some of the few actors who could have kept up with Louis McDougal. This kid is amazing. This is his second ever movie. His first was just a small role in Pan, and now he's been thrust into his own movie that he had to carry. Sure, Weaver and Jones did a great job, as did Toby Kebble, who played the dad, but everything in the movie revolved around McDougal. This kid was amazing. Amazing! Have I said that word enough yet? I, I don't think I did. This was one of the most honest and believable performances I have seen in a long time. This is also the best I've ever seen Sigourney Weaver. Her role was a bit more subtle, but everything from the book was there. Every scene was how I had imagined it in my head, and Felicity Jones gave one of the most heart-wrenching monologues I have ever seen, and it still brings a tear to my eye even thinking about it a week later. Liam Neeson was in this too, and he did a good job, but it's hard to compare voice acting to live action acting. Sure, voice acting, it, it really is a true art form. It's hard. It's not easy to do. But no matter how well Neeson can read the lines, it can't compare to the explosion of emotion Weave, Sigourney Weaver gave at the climax, or McDougal gave in the climax. The acting in this movie was truly phenomenal. And if all three of those people don't get award nominations of some sort, I'm going to riot. It's going to be a sad riot because it's just going to be me going around maybe kicking garbage cans going, oh no, this is a crime. But still, they deserve it. Let's move on. Let's move on to the CG and other visuals. You all know that I'm very, very picky when it comes to CG in movies. A Monster Call had an estimated $43 million budget and they did better CG than some blockbusters with twice or three times the budget have done. I can't even rem remember a single time that the CG even faltered and took me out of the movie. The monster was believable enough for the style of the movie. It didn't look like an actual tree came to life, but it was slightly stylized to fit the storytelling style of the movie. The monster tells stories in these movies, and when he told the stories, they were told in a watercolor-esque animation that not only worked in the movie, but tied itself into the story as well. Everything looked good, and it allowed me to focus fully on the amazing performances in front of me. For a movie like this, you don't want CG that blows you away. You want CG that allows you to not think about it. Sure, in a big sci-fi movie, yeah, you want to be wowed and blown away by all the fancy visuals. But in a movie like this, you want the visuals to, to be there to represent everything that's going on perfectly, but you want to focus on other things. 
What are the differences? There, there were some differences in this. I have to say, this was one of the closest book-to-movie adaptations I've seen in a long time. There were three differences, though, that left me scratching my head because I, I just couldn't understand why they would do this. The first one was a character was taken out of the film, and I don't get it. A monster calls clocked in at about an hour and 48 minutes, and they could have rounded it up to two hours to add this character and the few scenes they were in. Just a couple scenes. But why does that matter, you may ask, if it's just a couple scenes? This character that was taken out also took some depth with them. Some depth to Connor and why he's acting the way he is. The odd thing is, is that she's credited as being in the movie. I just checked the IMDb page. There's an actress that was hired. The character's there. So we'll see if some deleted scenes pop up on the Blu-ray. So time will tell if she was supposed to be in the movie or not. The second change has to do with the ending. Don't worry, no spoilers, like I said. I, I promise no spoilers, so I will deliver no spoilers. The way I'll phrase it, though, is this. The book ends at point B. So it goes from A to B. But the movie just keeps going for just a little longer to point C. And point C wasn't needed. It added something interesting that the book didn't have, but I didn't need that part. This, this added little bit was nice, but ultimately not needed. So that was even more time you could have taken away and given to this other character that was taken out that added depth to Connor. The final change also involves someone who was taken out, or kind of taken out, the final change was that a character only got one scene in the whole movie, where in the book they were a minor character, but had about four scenes which were important because it showed Connor's relationship with adults. Every character in this book mattered. All right, that may sound obvious. It may sound like the obvious thing to say, but here's an example. I just finished reading Silence, and don't worry, no spoilers for that, because a podcast should be coming out for that soon. But in Silence, there were some characters that, that one of the priests meets that if they were taken out, it would not have made the story suffer. So true, this, this character may uh, has added something to the book, but if you took that character and removed it, say if, if Scorsese was, is going to do this in the Silence movie, grabs his character and takes him out, nothing really would have been lost. That's not the case with The Monster Call, so I'm still wondering why J.A. Bayona, I believe was the director's name, I'm still wondering why he pulled these character, one character out and gave another one a smaller role. The characters that were left behind weren't important on their own, but they were important in relation to Connor. Both of these people, both of these missing people had scenes that showed why Connor was acting a certain way or gave us more depth for the character. That being said, if I had watched this movie without reading the book, so I would never have known these characters existed, it wouldn't have mattered. It was still a great movie. So I, I have to, I really have to keep that in mind when giving my final review for the movie, just because if you, my dear, dear listeners, have not read the book, and you watch this movie, you won't notice a thing. You won't know what depth I'm talking about because it's not there. And you won't miss it because Lewis McDougall is a great actor. And you can see it on his face. You may not be able to figure everything out that's missing, but it didn't hinder the story of the movie. All right, you guys know I try to keep these movie reviews short, usually about 15 minutes. Sometimes I push that, but this is going to be a short one. Here's my final word. This book is an amazing book that should be read by everyone. And this movie was an amazing movie that better win some sort of award because it deserves it. This is already going on the short list for 2017's movie of the year. I want to watch this again. I want to experience 
experience this movie again. I want to feel those feelings again. I want to see this perfect example of how to turn a book into a movie. This is an example of a time where everything came together perfectly. Even though I had that problem with the missing character, with one missing character and one character having a smaller role, even with that problem, this was still a fantastic movie and still a great example on how to make movies. I highly recommend, highly recommend that everyone read this book. It is a really good book. It is a short read, which is great. So you get a great story in a short amount of time. It's relatively cheap. Uh, because it's it's out on paper it's out in paperback now your lo local library probably has it the kindle store has it for cheap there are ways you can read this so i highly recommend everyone read this my only concern is that if you have one of your children read it read it first and then ask yourself do you think they're ready for this because this book was written for kids but i i'm not sure what age i would give this to my kid at i'm not sure what age it's meant for but it's really really dark and deep and, and and emotional so this is a great book that deserves a read and this movie is a fantastic movie that should not only be watched but it should be purchased to go in your collection and every once in a while when you need a reminder of what's truly important in life you dust this off and you watch it you have your box of tissues with you die a little of dehydration because of all the tears that are coming forth from your eyes like the great flood and when you're done you put it back on the shelf and you wait until you need it again this is a future flicks first ladies and gentlemen a future flicks first a monster calls the book by patrick ness gets an 11 out of 11 and the monster calls movie gets an 11 out of 11 a truly perfect score for a truly perfect story this is a movie you need to watch whether you do it in a theater or whether you do it at home, you watch it. And this is a book you have to read. No matter how you get a hold of it, you read this. But now let's pick up the volume a bit. Let's pick up the mood a bit as we go on with our housekeeping, folks. So please stay tuned because on Friday the 13th, ooh, spooky, I will be watching two movies. I am watching Live by Night and I'm watching Silence. So please stay tuned for reviews of those. Silence will be a book and movie review and Live by Night will just be the movie. But let's get on with the housekeeping, folks, and end this. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's www.somewhatnerdy.com. Need to reach me? Of course you do. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or the Facebook page. Be sure to like us. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. You on Instagram? Billiam underscore SWN. Are you on Untapped? Do you drink beer? Join Untapped. BilliamSWN. Though it's mainly, you know, beer-related things on that. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast and the Nerds of the Square Circle Podcast also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Also check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast that our good friend Critter is on. Don't forget to check that Somewhat Nerdy site for all of the latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends and dear, dear listeners, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick.
I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, the bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds.